our God is doing in our church around the last couple of months. We have stories after stories after story. My title is, my title is Life is Unfair. Have you ever recognized sometimes you say life is not always fair, even though you believe in God, you really believe in a good God, but sometimes life isn't fair, right? And often think about the animals. I love animals. Is, there, is there anyone here you love animals? Yeah, almost everybody. Hey, I, I grew up with, we had some chicken, we had some rabbits, we had some birds. Uh, we had almost all, all the animals you can imagine. I grew up with a lot of animals. They are good animals, but also animals, they're super brutal, actually. Let's think for a moment about the panda bear. The panda bear looks awesome, right? But when a kid is very weak, he kicks the kid away and he let them die. I would say, come on, panda bear, be a mom, be a dad. You cannot do that, you know. It's very brutal, right? Another one is the otter, the otter. The otter, he has to eat so much because the water is cold, the winter is cold, he needs a lot of fat here, a lot of fat. He eats almost the whole entire day. To find food is actually very, very busy. Nobody does. He goes to the other mom who has small children and he steals the kid away and says to the other mom, if you want to ever see your kid again, yes or no? She says, yes, of course. He says, okay, no problem. From now, you bring every single day food for one year. This is not fair, right? It's brutal. Another animal is the naked mole rat. The naked mole rat is, looks very ugly. It's like a, he creates a tunnel, a tunnel, uh, and this is a lot of work too because he has to dig all the time. If I, he thinks instead of digging by myself, he goes also to another family, he steals the small children and says, from now on, you are my slave. You have to dig the whole entire life and you cannot escape. I mean, when I think about the animals, I will say, oh my gosh, that's not fair. Life is not fair, right? The Bible says we are more than animals. God has created human beings as a crown. We are above the animals, right? But sometimes we behave like animals. We, we put people into slavery. We put people down. We do business. I win, you lose. And that's not the heartbeat of God. When we speak about life is not fair, it's not because God is not fair. That means we are human beings. We don't understand the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God is about righteousness, love, and peace, and we treat everyone. It doesn't matter where you've come from. If you're coming from Switzerland, from Africa, from America, we treat everyone the same because you are a creation of God Almighty. You have some values, you have some dignity of God. That means we as a local church, we believe in righteousness, right? And now let's start with an amazing story, Liz Kesser. You are working for social ministry, project management, project management, an amazing word, project management. The stage is yours. Come on, let's give your hand. Thank Woo! you. A few months ago, a man wrote to us asking if he could support him financially because he could not pay the expenses for the funeral for his mother. He had already been taken the request to various administrative offices and had been rebuffed everywhere. When we checked his financial situation, we found out that he dealt very exemplary with the little he had, but there were just no reserves. So we were able to support him financially and get to know him a bit. We spoke several times on the phone 
And he told me that it was very important to him to organize a decent, a decent funeral for his mother. He wanted to take the commandment, honor your father and your mother very um, seriously. That touched me very much. And I'm so happy that we as a church are able to write these stories. What also touches me about this story is that through our contact, I learned that he already, that he just started watching the ICF online celebrations and was not yet networked at the church. So I was able to refer him to the Connect team because he was interested in a small group. In the meantime, he's attending the Discover God course and about a week ago, he told me he had made new friends. I'm so happy about that. But, yeah. Come on. <laughs> Woo. Come on. But what makes me think is a statistic yeah. that states that every third Swiss lives above his budget. If something unforeseen happens, the step into the debt spiral is almost predetermined. Our budget consulting team has a passion to support early and help people to live in financial freedom. We will now watch a video of Thomas. He's one of our budget advisors and was able to support several people in the last several months to get their financial affairs in order. I'm so excited that we as a church are able to write stories together and helping each other back on our feet after we fall. Woo! Come on! Das Schreiben bin ich im ICF in die Bildschirmberatung gelandet. Es ist eine sehr dankbare Aufgabe, wenn man Personen bei den Finanzen helfen kann. Jede Situation ist wieder ganz anders. Einmal geht es um das Erstellen einer Steuereinsprache und das Sortieren von Belegen und ungeöffneter Post, das Ausfüllen von Formularen oder um die Erstellung eines Budgets. Ich bewundere es, wenn Personen frühzeitig Hilfe holen. Es braucht Mut einem Unbekannten seine Finanzen offen zu legen. Falls du in einer schwierigen Situation bist, geh auf Freunde oder jemanden in deiner Kirche zu. Es lohnt sich. Ich finde es mega cool, dass wir im ICF so verschiedene Gaben und Möglichkeiten haben, voneinander lernen zu können und uns gegenseitig im Alltag zu unterstützen. Noch viel besser ist es aber, dass wir einen genialen Gott haben, der uns im Dienst am Nächsten hilft. So, come on, come on. Hey, I'm, I'm so pumped. We have a church. We believe in justice. We believe in justice. We believe in righteousness because this is the heart of our God, the Father. When you study the Bible, I could read 100 Bible verses or even maybe 200 Bible verses about justice and righteousness. I want to read three Bible verses that you understand. Righteousness and justice is the heartbeat of God Almighty. Proverbs chapter 31, verse 8 to 9. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who dispute. Speak up and judge fairly, judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. The Bible is clear, there's a lot of people, you don't have a voice. Maybe you're in a situation, you don't have a voice. If you see this, stand up and start to speak Justice and righteousness for that person. This is our job. Has nothing to do with Swiss culture. It's a kingdom culture. The second Bible verse in Jeremiah chapter 22 verse 3. This is what the Lord says. Do what is just and right. Just and right. Rescue from the hand of the oppressor. 
the one who has been robbed. Do not wrong or violence for the foreigner, the fatherless, or the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place. The Bible says, watch for the widows, the foreigner, treat them very, very well. That's why we have an international community. We try to treat you very, 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 very well. We try, we try. Of course, there's always a potential, we try, but at least we try. A lot of Swiss people, they don't try, we try. Next Bible is Psalm 146, verse seven to nine. He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. It's important if a people is starving, give them food. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord gives the sight of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteousness. The Lord watches over the foreigner, here again, the foreigner and the sustains, the fatherless, the widow, and also the wicked one. I can go on and on and on and on. This is the point. Even though if you're living in a rich nation like Switzerland, that's why you're here. We love Switzerland, it's very rich, it's almost like heaven, right? It's a glimpse of heaven. But even though in our nation, there's some people that are starving, some widows, some foreigners, and our job is to bring justice, the kingdom of God, in the families, in the workplace, wherever you work, wherever you are. Now comes the thing, where should I start? Because in my neighborhood, or even though in the church, there's so many people in need, right? Where should I start? And it, especially if you're Christian, you get some emails to support this missionary and that mission stage and there and there. And afterwards, you say, God, I'm confused. That too much needs around me. And you need a strategy. And here's the point. God has given each of us a burden for a specific area. For example, I'm like a light. And God has given me a burden to plant churches. Church planting, it's a big deal because, you know, if you start a church, a church has an open door, people walk in, they're broken, they lost maybe their marriage, maybe they're sick, maybe they're drifted away from the Father God, and a church is nothing else like a social place where people are reconnected with God, restored, and also healed. That's my part in the whole justice area, to plant a church makes a big difference in every city, in every village, right? But now you think, but, but I, I cannot change the world. I'm just one light. I'm just one light. The cool thing is God has given me a burden for a specific area. But God has given Alexa also a burden for another area. And also, I'm not alone. We are two. And the light gets brighter, right? And then... God speaks to Liz Hazard. She has for another place, for another area, burden, and all of a sudden, whoo, we are three lights. We start to change even now more, and all of a sudden, boom, comes Betty in the game. A young lady, God gives her a vision, a heartbeat, a passion, an area where she has a heart for it, and all of a sudden, I can go on and on. If I put yourself on the stage, all of a sudden, the whole stage is a light, and we push away the darkness, and we bring in justice and righteousness of Jesus Christ. Yeah, come on. 
Thank you so much. And that's the power of a local church. You never walk alone. We, we support each other. We encourage each other. Go out. And God has given you a passion for a certain area. And now here's the thing. You need a structure. You need a strategy. Without a strategy, you are really lost. I want to start a little bit like maybe 20 years ago. We have planted this church here in Zurich. Our dream was to have one big church have impact, influence in this beautiful city. But to the Holy Spirit, we have planted a church in Basel. And after you have planted a church in Basel, a lot of people came, oh, we can play, we could plant a church in Africa, we could plant a church in America, in Australia, and say, God, God, I don't know, we need a strategy. And I found a strategy in the Bible, and uh, in the Bible it says, go to Jerusalem first, preach the word of God, then go to Judea, then go to Samaria, and then go to the rest of this earth. It was like a strategy. And when it, when it started to, to church planning, God is saying, you need a strategy. Start in Zurich, then in Switzerland, then in Europe, and after Europe, you go and plant churches around the whole world. That meant for us, like in the early years, I never forget, there came a guy that said, I want to plant a church in Hawaii. Every Swiss person, you want to go to Hawaii. Nobody wants to stand in Switzerland when the winter is super cold and foggy, right? And I said, oh, I'm so sorry. Hawaii, it's not in the game right now because now first we start in Zurich, then we plant first churches in Switzerland, and after we have conquered Switzerland, then we're going to Europe, and after Europe, it then comes the world. God has given us a strategy, and you need for justice as well as strategy. Without a strategy, you are lost because the need it's overwhelming, huge, and big, and you cannot do all the things. Do something, but you cannot do everything. And here is the strategy I want to uh, teach to you guys. What is the strategy of our church? How we do justice and also righteousness? I have four points. The justice strategy. The, the circle number one starts with I. If you want to change the world, start with I. You say, Woo, it starts with me, yes, with you. Why with you? Here's the point. The Jordan Patterson, he wrote a book about the 12 rules of life in the year 2018. He said, in the rule number six, set your house in perfect order before you criticize the world. Why is saying that? Because right now we have a generation, generation reset. We have a generation say, we want to do a reset. A reset in terms how we treat the animals, fair trades, the climate of things, and all those things. And listen to me, it's good, it's important. Fair trade is important. Animals is important. The climate is important. Stand up and fight for the animals, for the climate. We have to do that, right? It's a no-brainer because it's the creation of God. But it's easy to judge the government, the management, the leaders in a big company, what they do wrong, and we forget what's about my climate issue in my soul. What's about my issue about pornography, envy, jealousy. With the same energy, we want to change the world take the same energy and start to change yourself because changing the world always starts with you. If you are changed, you can change the whole entire world. Can I hear a strong hallelujah, amen? 
Woo, so strong. Yeah, thanks. Woohoo! Point number two. The second circle is the family, the family. I, I, I was brought up Catholic, actually, and my hero is Mother Teresa. She was in Calcutta, India, and she helped a lot of poor people. And Mother Teresa once was asked, how can we change the world? How can we change poverty and justice? And she said an amazing slogan. She said, if you want to change the world, go home, love your family. Hey, my advice to you guys, have a strong family. Have a strong marriage. If you have a strong family, our church is happy. Happy wife, happy life. Hey, really. And often, especially in our generation, men and women on both sides, they want to be big in business, top position, earn a lot of money, and have kids and a family, and you cannot have everything. The foundation of every church, of every nation, are strong families. Go home and win your wife, win your husband, grow up, let you grow up your kids in a, in a, in a godly environment where they're flourishing and start to grow. If you change yourself, then your family, then comes the local church. Why the church? <laughs> Here is a funny thing. A lot of people, they say, I have decided that ISAF is my church. You made the decision, but you have never asked me if I'm happy with you. <laughs> have you ever thought about it? You say, oh, ISAF is now my church. I say, oh, really? But have you ever asked me if I'm happy with you? And here's the point, we cannot select people. The door is open for everyone. And if a person shows up in the church, receives Jesus Christ, starts to do baby steps in faith, that means your problem becomes our problem too. We cannot close our eyes and oh, oh no, you have too much problem. Can you not go to other church? And when you healed, then come to ICF. No, it doesn't work the way like that. That means you come with your with your issues, with your challenges, because we're all in the same boat, but we believe that together, as a whole entire body of Christ, we can be more like Jesus Christ. And Alexa, you have a lot of stories how people have changed people in our church, in our own community. Let's give her a big round of applause. <laughs> Thank you. What excites me about the local church is that we're together on a path to bring God's love to the people. We, as ICF Church, have written on our flag, we look and don't look away. The needs move us to compassionate action. And you know, for that, you don't need to be a superhero. You don't have to have an excellent education and you don't have to save anyone. Jesus has already done that. But with everything you are, have, and do, you can point unto him. Imagine if all, if all of us together were involved in the stories that God gave us to get involved, then big stories can be written and justice will come true. This is easily said, but often it has a high price. And the high price is a very long way you have to go. 
And Lena from our team tells us in a beautiful way how she experiences herself as a part. Mein Name ist Lena und ich habe häusliche Gewalt erlebt. Ich weiß, was es bedeutet, alleinerziehende Mutter mit finanziellen Nöten zu sein und die tiefen Schmerzen der Kinder zu erleben, da Gewalt und Tod des Vaters die Kindheit prägten. Heute leitet meine Tochter die Kinderoase vom ICF und ich einen Workshop in der ICF-Werkstatt mit Frauen in schwierigen Geschichten, so wie ich damals. Meine Vision ist es, ihnen dort einen Raum zu schaffen, wo sie Hoffnung, Annahme und Gemeinschaft erleben dürfen. In diesem Rahmen bauen die Frauen Bühnenelemente für unsere Church. Ich habe erlebt, dass Gott meine Stärke und Gerechtigkeit ist. Ich könnte mich nun zurücklehnen und mir freie Tage gönnen, doch ich habe mich entschieden, meine Geschichte zu brauchen, um anderen Frauen die lebendige Hoffnung von Jesus zu bringen. Und ich möchte den Impact in ihrem Leben sehen. Yes, applause to that. The living hope from Jesus, that's how Justy comes. And see, great stories, great miracle stories do not happen overnight. I don't know any of any story that everything fell into place overnight. But I'm involved myself and I know from many, many other stories that change came into big and difficult situations through a consistent and, and um, a hopeful persistence by various people. Hope comes into difficult stories because they are distributed on many shoulders. And the story of Luisa shows us what, what's happening when you don't run away and you stay constant. I have been an intern in social care since the summer. And when I came from Germany to Zurich, I had no idea what to expect. In the last 10 months, I often had a thought like, what is God doing right now with my life? And what is the sense of what I'm doing? But I never had a thought of going back. I knew God has a plan with me. And now I'm blessed. Um, as Kindo as a leader, we go into the city to different locations to pick up the kids. Um, one um, location is Schlieren, and it was new to my heart because I saw that the families there are broken and the kids need help. And so I built relationships with the kids. And that's my heartbeat I learned, to build relationships with the kids. And God touched my heart again. At the fun days two weeks ago, um, one girl from Schlieren came. And at first she wasn't interested in the belief. She's out of a Muslim background. But then there was one message. And after the message, she raised her hand and asked, is the story real? And we said, yes, it really happened. And that was the change for her. Now she's interested in Jesus and God. And she saw a Bible verse on the train station on our home way. And she was so fascinated. God touched this girl. And so I'm touched because I saw God still working. Yes. <laughs> and you know, 
This story is written because a seed has been planted years ago through the Kinderrasse in Schlieren. Since more than five years, every Sunday, a team is collecting the kids to bring, that, to bring them to church so they can hear the gospel. And now a divine perspective comes into a family through a small girl. And my prayer is that through that, her whole family and the clan, and through that, a whole nation could be reached with the best message ever. And you know, through that perspective, countless volunteers are involved in different activities we have as a church. You see, maybe this, there is a team that is involved with single parents and we're just living a community with them. And others, like the example from Liz, they're involved with financial issues and help people to bring their stuff in order. Others help other people to find a job and other people maybe bring food so we can distribute food bags to people who are just in lack of money to get some simple food. And you know, there is so much more. This overview is only to show you some fields where God is working, but there are so many opportunities more that God can reach people through other people. And so justice comes into life and sets people free. Come on. Woo! Come on. You know, I love our church. I'll tell you why. For example, Daniel, he is the leader for the ISF College. He's doing that in the online college. He's so passionate about college, about the Bible. I'm so passionate about church planting. Our worship team is so excited, so passionate to write new songs, to connect you guys with, with, with Jesus. And our social team is so on fire to bring justice into people's life. We are church with so much passion because God is also a passionate God. Hey, we start with yourself. I start to self make myself. Then I bring my family in order. Then we look for the needs in our church. And then when we have done that, comes the level number four. Then we see the world. The world is the last thing. Always starts with me, family, church, and then comes the world. And Betty, it's amazing how God has opened up doors and opportunities, how we can bring hope into the world. Yes, the world is a big uh, stage for big stories. And honestly, it's sometimes so overwhelming. I remember 10 years ago, through the news, came so many pictures of the ES terror, remember? Thousands of refugees lost their homes, lost their fathers, mothers, sons and daughters, and just ran away to save their lives but they are still stuck in refugee camps 10 years later. We forgot them. We don't really speak about them anymore. But God didn't forget them. I remember I was overwhelmed by these pictures and just wondering, God, if you need somebody for that, call me. I'm here. And I didn't expect that eight years later, I will meet Sasha Enns from Avote working in projects with refugees in Northern Iraq. And the goal is that we start a project there in one camp. And 
actually we have four people who think and pray about if their place is in northern Iraq in a refugee camp to live among them. It's a high price, price to pay to be there, right? It's not just one week of doing something good. It's a price to pay to be there. But they think about and pray about it. And in September, we will fly there just to have a moment of um, meeting and connecting with these whole people. And I hope that some of them will be there and take it to be able to have relationships with the Kurdish people and to coordinate humanitarian help, not from the pulpit, but from the living with them. And not only humanitarian help, because that's only the hands of Jesus, but he always had held hands and also a mouth, and he spoke the truth, and the truth set people free, right? And I believe that when we start there, this, pro this project, we will have people coming to him and finding him as a hope never ending for generations to generations to come. You know, the gospel was shut down 1,400 years among the Kurdish people. It's such a long time. They are hungry for God, and I believe that we will be able to start a church. But first, they need to see the gospel because they are tired of religion. And I pray that we will start that soon again. Woo! Come on. Wow. So many stories. We can go on and on and on and on. What I love, we are church. We believe in justice. We believe in righteousness. We believe we are the salt and the light of this earth. God has put us on earth and we can make a difference. You cannot do everything. At least you can do something. And if you start with the one thing together, we can have a big impact in the world. We're not only a church with beautiful LED wall and videos and cameras and invest all the money in the building. No, 20% of all the incomes in our church we give away for church planting, for social ministry. It's 20%. It's a lot. <laughs> I want to close with Isaiah chapter 1 verse 17. And I love uh, how Isaiah builds up this sentence. Learn to do right. You can learn to do the right thing. Do you know that? We can learn to do the right thing. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless. Place the case of the widow. And I really do believe we as a local church, we can learn to do the right thing. In closing of the message, for me, um, grace that Jesus Christ has forgiven our, our sins. Grace is for free, right? Everyone loves a grace message. Everyone loves the message about Jesus loves you. You have the potential because grace means I have to do nothing. Just I receive the grace, right? But grace is only the first step. Following Jesus Christ means I do everything what it takes to glorify the kingdom of God. Being a follower of Jesus Christ means my whole entire life belongs to Him. And that's another preaching. That's another story. But you love the grace because it costs me nothing. But following Jesus Christ has a price. And the price means for us, we have the same heartbeat as Christ has a heartbeat. 
We're going for the justice and we believe that the kingdom of God, you cannot stop it. And if you see a need in your own family, in your own life, in our own community, God has called us to change and help those people in need. I would love to close with a very, very private story because sometimes I think, why me? Have you ever thought, why me? God, pick somebody else. My, we, we, I'm growing up with five kids and um, um, my youngest so, uh, 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 sister, she lives in Italy. They have a big family. Italian family is so big, you know. And they don't have a job and nothing and they're going through a hard season. And I started many, many years ago to give them every month uh, some money because God has said to me, you cannot change the world and you forget your own family. And I've, I've done that. I never spoke about it because I don't need an applause or whatever. I just do this behind the scenes. This is what, what you do actually. And then a week before my mom passed away last uh, year, I was in the old house and my mom said, Leo, if I die, you have to take care for your sister until you die. And I felt, why me? Why me? Mom, why me? I'm not the oldest one. Why me? And, she, and I said, Mom, I, I make a commitment. I will, I will look for her financially until I die. And there was a moment in the old house, like the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, when my, my new mom passed away, the whole inheritance, what belongs to you, you give to your sister. I felt, Holy Spirit, is this really you? Or is this the devil speaking? Or my soul? You know, that's the moment. It's very important. And I know it's the Holy Spirit. My mom hugged me. Well, I'm telling this story. A week ago, I got the inheritance on my bank account. I saw the number, woo, blinky, blinky, blinky. I got it and I gave it away. I'm not telling you that you applause. That's not the point. Justice and righteousness has a price. It costs you things, it hurts. Because I have dreams and longings to buy stuff for me, myself, and I. Me, myself, and I, three people in me. I gave it away. And here's the point. Helping people is not only words, sometimes also with money, and it hurts. And I want to challenge you right now. You cannot do everything, but at least one thing for the kingdom of God. In closing, we want to do two steps. First of all, we want to take the offering right now because we cannot do social work and social ministry in our church without money, without giving. Because we give every single Sunday for the offering, for a lot of projects. But here's the point. With your money, you help us as a whole entire body of Christ to change the world. You can take out your smartphone. There's a big um, QR code. And there's a point because people, they don't have cash anymore. Our cash is our is PayPal and, and Twint and all those things. And I want to challenge you right now. Just give $1 or one Swiss franc or one euro, whatever you can give. But with you giving, you help us to be an impact in the world because the project in Iraq is a commitment for five years. 
It's not just like for free. That means it costs us a lot of money, a lot of energy, but we believe that God has called us to change there at least some people. This is the step number one. Listen to me. A lot of people, they say, I cannot give or I don't like to give. I started giving with one Swiss franc every single week and then five Swiss francs, then 10 and now I'm giving a lot of money. You can learn to be a giver. It's something you can learn because when you learn that, you will experience, you cannot stop God's blessing over, over your own life. Now, can you stand for a moment? Online life and all the locations. Now, I want to ask the Holy Spirit. We have some four circles and these four circles helps me actually because I'm a, I'm a visionary leader. Maybe God says it starts with you today. Maybe go home, change your family. Maybe God is saying to you now it's time for you to be plugged in in the local church. Or it can be that God sends you out into the world to change the world for the kingdom of God. And what I love to do right now, I want to ask the Holy Spirit that He speaks to you and you go home with an action to call.